In Rojava, power is decentralized to the point where neighbors make most decisions that affect them in a body called a commune. This is nothing like a commune in the US. It is essentially a neighborhood assembly, made of 100 to 150 families or so, and instead of politicians deciding what norms should govern their community, they all do, through directly democratic structures. Each person living within the commune can represent themselves directly within the commune assembly. The commune is used on a principle that most of us know intrinsically. Nobody knows better what you and your neighbors need than you and your neighbors yourselves. Communes are linked together through elected and removable spokespersons, one woman and one man, to form a neighborhood council. And neighborhoods are linked to form city councils, and so on and so forth. This is a bottom-up or horizontal system of organizing society. The larger the area of administration a council has, the less power it has. For example, in the largest city in Jazeera Canton, Camislo, there is a neighborhood called Corniche. In Corniche, there are 58 communes. Of these communes, three are Assyrian and Armenian, three Arabic, and 52 Arabic and Kurdish mixed. These 58 communes from the, form the Corniche Neighborhood Assembly, but the heart of power remains in the individual communes themselves. Women and young people also can, and do, organize their own communes separately. The commune is made up of committees which residents can sign up for. To name a few, the Women's Committee, the Youth Committee, Healthcare Committee, Economic Committee, Safety Committee, Neighborhood Defense Groups, and Peace Committee, Transformative Justice says the first line of defense. In order to really understand how communes work, we have to go through the committees one by one. The Rojava Revolution is a backlash against the hierarchical state mentality in its entirety. And one of the places this mentality is deepest embedded all over the world is in education. The Syrian regime's schools were centered on the idea of one language, one nation, one state, one flag, leaving out all ethnic groups other than Arabs, all religions other than Islam, all of their identities than those bound up with the nation state. Schools are one of the few areas where the Syrian state retains some sort of power base in Rojava, and the regime still pays many teachers, but since people organize themselves into communes, they are starting to organize their own autonomous schools to replace the regimes. In mixed ethnicity communes, the first priority in education is to make sure that students can learn their own language and about their own cultures, while also encouraging cooperation between cultures and sharing of each other's languages. But crucially, the teachers in Rojava, often elected and sent out by the communes, are seen more as facilitators and as equals to their students. The educational philosophy associated with the radical decentralization in the communes recognizes that teachers have just as much to learn from their students as the other way around. What gets taught to students usually depends on joint processes between students, teachers, families, and civil society organizations and can differ from commune to commune. Techmil is a part of daily and weekly life inside Rojava's autonomous schools, academies, workshops, and universities. Students are encouraged to criticize their teachers' methods in an effort to better their education and diffuse hierarchies that might grow up between teachers and students. There are a wide range of educational options available to students in Rojava, most organized at the communal level. 
The schools are somewhat similar to schools everywhere else, except that the classes are more project-based, students have much more say in decision-making, and teachers are seen as facilitators, not in charge. And testing is very much de-emphasized. But, like schools elsewhere, they are often housed in similar buildings, for similar hours, and similar times a year. This is called, quote, open education, the meaning of which will be clear when I explain closed education shortly. On the other end of the spectrum are the academies, which are usually much more specialized. There are genealogy academies, open to women and men, but studying women's science, which I'll talk about more later, self-defense academies, ecological academies, internationalist academies for foreign volunteers, health academies, etc. Here, a more holistic approach is taken. While in the academy, the school becomes your community. Students and teachers study together, live together, cook together, clean together. Oftentimes, in an academy, the students and teachers are working together to do research for a class thesis that they all collaborate on together. Generally, half of the semester is spent on theoretical work, and the other half is spent on practical work. The collaboration has the aim to build a democratic and ethical character. From an academy member, Every day, we have two chefs chosen in turn between the students, alternately two men and two women. Every week, we do general cleaning with two groups from a list. We clean up 10 to 12 people together. For everything, there are responsible students, from cleaning to the kitchen, passing through the library, other common needs, and so on. Some academies practice the, quote, open education model, but most are, quote, closed education. This education is intensive and meant to eliminate distraction for the time of study. Attendees give up their cell phones for the whole week. They wake up at 6 a.m. on most days and usually start off with 30 minutes of exercise or sports in which teachers also participate. They follow by cooking breakfast and then begin four hours of lessons, stop down for a two-hour lunch break, and then resume classes from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Until 7.30 or so, students and teachers cook and eat dinner and socialize, followed by a circle reflection on the day's activities until 9.30, after which is time for relaxation. Sundays through Thursdays are spent like this, and students usually leave campus on Friday or Saturday. To give one concrete example, Congrea Star has opened the Star Academy, a women's academy, in Rimelin, where commune and assembly representatives, as well as the women in the administration of Congrea Star, receive courses based on the specific needs and wishes of the group. The courses that are offered here give some idea of some of the more popular classes offered throughout Rojava. History of the Middle East, History of Kurdistan, Women's History, Genealogy, Economy, Law and Justice, Diplomacy, Gender Equality, Philosophy, Democratic and Federalist Philosophy, Sexism Within Society, Equality and Relationships, Regimes of Truth, that comes from Abdullah Ojalan's uh, theories, Concepts and Analysis. In addition to schools and academies, communes and committees are always organizing workshops that people can attend on subjects like self-defense training, first aid training, driver's education, sports, cinema, cultural activities, and more.
about the people in their occupied homelands. They fought alongside allies in the war against Saddam, the liberators of Rojava, but those brave women and men. Some gave their lives for freedom and they do it all again. So I sing to 